right, as mentioned at the top of the program, we're going to go on a field trip. Um, some time back, yours truly was looking at the Sacramento News and Review and stumbled upon a rather startling ad. It was for a kava bar. We talked about kava on this program some months ago in conjunction with this correspondent's trip to Fiji and Vanuatu. But uh, the idea of a kava bar being local was quite a shock, so we decided to make a field trip, Mr. McMillan and I, to go out and investigate firsthand, which we are now doing. So we come to you now live from the kava bar with its proprietor. And, um, well, welcome to Radio Parallax, Tyler. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Give you the particulars, your full name, and tell the story of how you found out about kava. My name's Tyler Blythe. Uh, I own the kava bar here, Root of Happiness, in Sacramento. Um, I'm an ethnobotanist, so I travel um, all over the place looking for new medicinals. Old medicinals, but new to the West. I distribute them, research them, and uh, kava is one that's a particular interest to me. Tyler, how did you um, how did you stumble across this uh, this? I guess what can we call it Polynesian or is it Melanesian? I guess it's a Pacific natural root. Yeah, it's it's found all over the South Pacific, but uh, you know it's also shared in Micronesian cultures, Melanesian cultures, as well as Polynesian. So you can find it anywhere from Vanuatu, Fiji, all the way up to Tahiti and Hawaii. Hawaii is actually the furthest away from the origin point uh, of Vanuatu. The Hawaiians did take it with them. Yeah, the, the Polynesians took it all the way up to Hawaii. Um, and so being that it's the furthest point from the, the origin of Vanuatu, they actually got some of the best kava. Um, hmm. They only took the best that far. Do we know the origins as an ethnobotanist? Do we know how people got started uh, uh, back in the dawn of time discovering that this, this root had some curious properties? The original plant is uh, Piper Wichmani, which is literally witch man's kava. And that is the wild cultivar. Uh, well, actually, it's not a cultivar, it's just the wild version of kava, which was eventually tamed down by the Vanuatuan people into what we now know as kava. Kava is a sterile cultivar of the original Wichmani, which means it does not produce by flower or seed. It actually requires human interaction. Kind of like bananas. I mean, if you're going to get a banana plant, they've got to take one, and because there's no seeds in the banana, tr- banana fruit anymore, I guess the same principle. Yeah, you, you have to physically make clones of the plant to, to propagate it. Throughout all of these different island cultures, they actually had to take cuttings of the stems all the way thousands of miles across open ocean and, and plant them in new lands. Pretty important to be one of the few things to carry in a canoe with you. It's, it's in the pepper family, I guess. Is it, is it related to black pepper and other things? Are there other, other products we're more familiar with from the same uh, group uh, botanically? Absolutely. So um, black pepper would be Piper nigrum. Uh, and then we have long pepper, which is Piper longum. This is uh, Piper methysticum. And methysticum comes from the Greek root word methysticus which literally means intoxicating. So this has become known as the intoxicating pepper. Well, it, it is that. Uh, we should mention that, you know, when you're, when you're opening up a, a bar, and I, I got to hand it to you, uh, uh, Tyler, when I was in Vanuatu and Fiji, they told me there were kava bars all over, but the idea of having one here in Sacramento, it's, it's kind of revolutionary. Indeed, yeah. There's a need for what kava does, which is, you know, a safe relaxation, a safe calming of the nerves without the side effects of alcohol. People are actually looking for something like this. They just don't quite realize that kava exists yet. So that's become the uh, the mission here is to heighten awareness that this plant actually exists and does what it does. Well, as as a I guess it's fair to say medical doctor by trade, I do find the idea of this uh, this product quite intriguing, and I have recommended it to many patients over the years as an alternative to Ambien, Halcyon, a couple of belts before you go to bed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, the feedback I've gotten is that people do find it does relax them. It is certainly a, uh, a product people could do for that. But I guess 
before we talk about the bar, which I'm keen to do, um, let's talk about what people, people can purchase like in, in like the, uh, the co-op or other places. You, you can get a tincture. You can get pills. My, my experience was the pills were pretty worthless, but the tincture did do some good. Generally, I mean, when you get pills from the co-op or when you get pills from uh, any commercial grocery outlet, you're, you're getting raw kava in, in powdered form which is pretty much like throwing a rock at a tank in terms of therapeutic value. A typical Vanuatu uh, shell of kava will contain around 7 to 10 grams of kava. So when you compare that with the commercially available capsules, you get about a half gram per capsule. So you would need to eat about 20 or so of those capsules to even get any sort of effective therapeutic dose. But I, I highly don't recommend doing that because of the fiber content of kava. Kava is roughly 20% fiber, so even if you do eat the whole bottle of pills, you're likely just to um, upset the digestive tract. So let's talk first about the effect. Certainly a bar, people go to a bar, they have a beer, they have whatever, they have some alcohol. We're, we're fairly used to the effects of alcohol in the human body. Kava is um, not the same as, as having a few belts of alcohol, but yet, in a parallel fashion, it does relax a person. Kava is interesting in, in that aspect, in that it does relax you without intoxicating the mind or doling the senses. Well, I do want to add a caveat that if you had a lot of kava, you should not be getting behind the wheel. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, likely not. Yeah, it can it can definitely relax you uh, to the point where you might want to be um, sitting for a while. It it's definitely has that effect on you. The truth is, I mean, you can take Benadryl. There's many things you could take that would leave you driving under the influence that would make you incapacitated. So if you're going to experiment just, I want to throw this out there. If you're going to experiment with uh, the kava bar uh, or with kava in general, you just might want to have a designated driver. It might not be a bad idea. Yeah, not might not be a bad idea. It <laughs> depends on how, how far you want to take the experience, I would suppose. You know, one is nice, two is good, three is the place to be, and four you probably shouldn't drive. Well, I have a bowl of kava right in front of me, and I'm going to try and do what I can. Describe Mr. McMillan here as, as well. And we're going to both have a, a bowl, I think, of this and, and then try and describe for the listening audience what uh, what will ensue but uh, this is not like uh, this is not like reaching over and, and grabbing a bottle of, of, uh, of vodka and, and mixing a drink you actually have to get the root and well actually explain the process it's rather complicated yeah each culture does their own preparation has their own idea of, of how it should be prepared but you know traditionally we would get uh, raw kava powder and put it into some sort of a kneading sock a kneading cloth and let it uh, soak for about an hour in room temperature water. You don't want it too hot and you don't want it too cold. If it's too cold, then the active ingredients can't go into the water, much like uh, iced tea. You know, it's going to take a long time. If it's too hot, you extract a lot of the bitter components. So what we want is room temperature water. That, that's what works best. And we'll let it soak for an hour and then we need to strain it because kava is very fibrous. It has 20% fiber, so you definitely want to get all the fiber out of it before you drink it. So we, we typically strain it through a, a very fine mesh silk screen to get the maximum amount of fiber out. And that way what you're drinking is pretty much water and lactones, the active ingredients. Well, two questions. Where did you learn the technique? And the second part of it is how long did it take before you actually got it down? Uh, it was a very messy trial and error process. Uh, I'm a, a bioassay specialist, so I, I take a lot of these plants myself. And um, after, after quite a bit of trial and error, we, we discovered the best way to do it is uh, honestly the way they've been doing it since the Stone Age. You, you let it soak for an hour and, and strain it through a real good filter. Um, we've tried all kinds of things, commercial juice presses, we've tried blenders, we've tried um, other crazy contraptions. But the best way to do it is the way they've been doing it since the Stone Age. Fascinating. Well, Tyler, when I came into this place the, the first time, 
you asked if I'd had Kava before, and I said, well, yeah, in Vanuatu. I talked about being in Port Vila, the capital uh, of of the island chain, and uh, he sort of mentioned, well, yeah, in the market there when they're selling the Kava, the stuff that's not being picked up by the locals, well, the remnants might be the things that wind up uh, in the tinctures here in America, some of the less desirable strains, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. Generally, whatever is not bought directly from the farmers goes to the local markets. Whatever the villagers are not drinking goes to the corporations uh, here and in China to be processed into tinctures and extracts. Uh, so most of the time when you do get a tincture, it might be Vanuatu kava, but it's all the stuff that the locals wouldn't touch. Well, until people had a local option, to, uh, such as this bar, I mean, you, I think you pretty much were... Um stuck with tinctures, which is what I've used from time to time over the years with, with occasional bouts of insomnia. I find it works pretty well. But I do have to say, Tyler, uh, in Vanuatu, when they, when they whipped up a batch, it was very smooth. It really did. It actually tasted better. Uh, Kava, by the way, is not going to win any test, taste awards, but uh, the stuff in Vanuatu uh, tasted a lot better, and, and, and that's reflected, I guess, in the product you have here. Yeah, indeed. Now, we, we make traditionally prepared kava out of the kava that the villagers would actually be drinking. So um, you can expect a very authentic bowl of kava here. It's the same strength, it's the same strain, definitely the same flavor. Well, we talked on this program uh, back, I guess, in December, uh, in the wake of c- coming back from Fiji and Vanuatu, talked a little bit about, about this very topic. And uh, it's a very, very strong tradition, as far as I can see in, in Vanuatu, in that pretty much when the day is done, uh, the, the men of the village get together and that's what they're doing. They're drinking kava. Yeah, and they're actually rated one of the uh, most happy nations on earth, despite their economic status. So there's there's a definitely a correlation between kava drinking and that uh, that rating. Well, there, I think we mentioned on the program, uh, speaking in favor of the use of kava, in that uh, the natives there grow it locally, don't have to import it from Central America. There's no big markup. There's no drug trade going on for it. It's it is a local product uh, that is basically quite inexpensive. It's less expensive than alcohol. In Port Vila and a lot of the places in Vanuatu there, it, it actually curbed an increasing alcohol problem that they were having. Uh, being that it's cheaper, people could just drink kava instead of alcohol. And the authorities there found that it actually reduced the crime rate and uh, people were happier and they actually endorsed kava drinking uh, sometime in the, in the late 80s. We were joking about the fact that uh, you didn't have any bodyguards uh, or, or, or bouncers in your establishment because well, unlike ethanol where people are sort of prone to get uh, I guess you know in a fighting mood that's just not part of the whole culture and it's just not it's not an effect one sees with uh, kava no never Tr- traditionally the Polynesian chiefs would generally drink kava before they would go to war to try to resolve their differences and you know oftentimes after a few bowls of kava they could see eye to eye <laughs> All right, now I think I'm going to put my medical training uh, to use here in conducting an actual clinical trial here in uh, in our Kava bar with Mr. McMillan, who will serve as our guinea pig. Well, what, what's the normal uh, ceremonial procedure? Uh, in Fiji, the, the traditional way to do it is that you clap once, you say bula, which is a salute to good health, and then you down the entire shell and clap three times afterwards. Are you ready for that? I am. Mr. McMillan will now proceed. Bula. Done like a pro. Can now say he has downed the entire shell. We're going to let that uh, steep in his um, gastrointestinal tract here briefly and then uh, then test to see what happened. And yes, out of curiosity, how would you describe the unusual taste of kava for our listeners, Mr. McMillan? 
Well, I've had the uh, tincture kava from the uh, co-op, and uh, I didn't particularly care for the taste. I actually like this taste uh, better. It's not something that I would drink if I had five minutes to live, and they asked me, uh, what would you like to drink? But uh, it's not bad. All right, and while we await uh, Mr. McMillan's report on um, the pharmacologic effect of, of the kava, let's ask one of the bar patrons uh, uh, a little bit about his experience. Uh, your name, sir? Daniel Bussey. I gather, Daniel, this is not your first time here. You're familiar with uh, this particular product. I'm starting to gain more knowledge as I come in. Uh, I've actually like been coming for about two weeks, and I've actually started to become a little bit of a, um, a regular. Well, I would ask you, you've got a choice between a lot, of, a lot of bars in town, all kinds of different alcohol, beers and scotch and everything down the road, and yet you're here having some kava. What is it about kava that uh, you find it has an edge over alcohol? I wasn't even looking for kava until I stumbled across an ad. I actually was looking for another outlet other than the alcohol, like um, bar scene, the club scene, and even even like even some of the nicer like um, restaurants. It's all like it seems like the atmosphere is just so high energy at times that it just can't really get along with certain kinds of people. And at this Kava Bar, it seems like there's a different kind of energy and different kind of people that come here. Well, we should describe the decor. There's all sorts of artifacts from uh, Melanesia, Micronesia, Polynesia, everything from the Pacific. We've got some oars in the corner, and uh, it is, I guess you'd say, I, I would agree with you, quite a relaxed setting here. It's just got a, an energy where you almost want to just come and just relax and just get away from what stresses you and walk away a happier person, and that's what Kava does. It makes you a little bit more happier, and it takes away that stress, and it's a great way to end the day, I find. Would you say it's a little more subtle than, than maybe coming home and having a martini or two? It's it's something completely different than that. It's it's something that actually helps you sleep. It helps you um, gather your thoughts. You can you can have stimulating conversations all night with people instead of it seems like when you drink you just kind of get towards the end. Hey, we're all familiar with those kinds of conversations. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's fun. There's there's lots of games here where it's there's Jenga and chess and it's different kind of an atmosphere than you would find at a even at a like a players club or I mean like a pool hall or something like that. Well, I have to agree. Mr. Merlin and I are here because well, there's nothing maybe quite like this as far as we know. This side of Port Vila. I agree totally. I've never been even close to that, and I I I'm glad it's here. And now, Tyler, talking around here in your establishment, the rumor has it you've got some med students and pharmacy students that that uh, that have discovered this place and actually come in here to study. Is this true? Yeah, indeed. Uh, while Kava is physically relaxing it's actually mentally focusing it, it doesn't dull the senses it actually sharpens you up a little bit so it is a fine tool for studying and, and combating stress while you study interesting you say that the only the only drug the only other pharmaceutical agent i'm aware of that, that sort of sharpens your senses while it relaxes you are cigarettes and we don't really <laughs> we don't really recommend those yeah absolutely not it's a different different receptor site altogether well, Tyler, as an ethnobotanist, we don't want to get too deeply into the biochemistry, I think, because it's kind of hard to do on radio. But briefly, what are the active ingredients, uh, the lactones that are in kava that, that cause the effect, and, and basically how are they working in the human body? Kava is, is very interesting pharmacologically. The actives are called kava lactones, and there's currently six that we kind of think of as the major kava lactones. These act on GABA-A receptors. These also act on uh, lightly on the benzodiapine receptors. But honestly, the, the, the chemistry of it is, is very complex. Each one of the lactones is dependent upon all of the other lactones for absorption rate. So it's, uh, it's really a tricky animal. It's frustrated everybody for years. 
I'm, I'm guessing that because this is a product mainly used in the Pacific, where there's not a lot of research institutions, this probably hasn't been as well studied as a lot of other things out there. Yeah, a- absolutely. But I would note that, you know, analogous to perhaps uh, the opium poppy, it's been used by people for millennia, and we know that it works. And I suppose that uh, by the fact that so many different nationalities, different islands across the whole Pacific have been using this product for centuries, that, uh, well, we, we know there's no major curveballs. Yeah, it, it has a 3,000-year history of use throughout several cultures without any real curveballs to speak of. All right, we're a few minutes into this. Uh, let's go to Ms. McMillan for the uh, the verdict on how you are feeling, sir. How are you feeling? I'm actually feeling uh, quite good. The effects of the kava are quite nice. I've had the tincture kava that uh, one could get at the uh, Sacramento Co-op, but uh, this is not much like that. This is quite relaxing and uh, just a very pleasant experience, unlike marijuana, which I have tried. He did inhale, folks. Yes, I did. And uh, unlike any opiate either, it's uh, quite a different experience and it's nice. Very good. Well, Tyler, I, just in closing, I want to say I really admire you for what you're doing here cross-culturally and introducing a new pharmacologic product that, uh, that perhaps America could make good use of. And, uh, and is, there, is it true here there's a hint that you may be taking an operation to Davis? Uh, yeah, that's in the plans. In the next eight months or so, we uh, hope to open a, a location there in Davis. So we'll see you there. Ethnobotanists take note, along with biochemists and anyone curious, which I think includes an awful lot of people. If you suffer from insomnia or you just are stressed out, in uh, my medical opinion, kava may have a role to play in assisting that. So uh, once again, Tyler, good on you, and uh, we'll have to come back in six months and, and see how this is all going. Excellent. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. been speaking with Tyler Blythe, the CEO and proprietor of the Root of Happiness Kava Bar, a unique feature to find in the greater Davis area. I do think we're going to come back in six months and do a follow-up on this. This is a very interesting topic indeed. <laughs>